How are you this evening? Yeah, I'm very well indeed, mate. Very well. Always nice to get out of work a tiny bit earlier than you planned, isn't it? Always nice. It feels like you're winning at life a little bit, doesn't it? It certainly does. Getting by in a free hour back. <laughs> yeah. Well, we must know what it likes to feel that like winning at life because you've won two weeks on the trot on the PGA Tour, mate. So you must be feeling feely made up with yourself. I mean, I cannot complain. Wise man once told me, if you throw enough shit against the wall, eventually <laughs> Yeah, well, you, you know, that's two for two uh, after what was a pretty quiet start for the year for both of us. Uh, we both picked up Tom Hoagie last week at Pebble Beach. And then you said in the podcast, oh, you know what, I really like the Scotty Scheffler at Phoenix. And woe betide, here he comes steaming down the outside. I didn't even give him a shot, to be honest. On the, I knew, well, I didn't, I'd give him a shot, but it was an outside shot, to be honest. And... Uh, he just finished like a freight train and and, uh, and showed real guts and determination to actually win in that playoff too, didn't he? Yeah, it really did. I mean, do you know what I was thinking all the way through the final round was that it was remarkably similar to Hoagie's final round at Pebble in that he kind of was there or thereabouts to begin with, made a couple of dodgy decisions mm. um, and dropped a couple of shots. And I mean, he made, I think he made eight birdies, nine birdies on Sunday, which mm. is just just silly good and it was necessary obviously as he dropped two or three shots as well but he kind of snuck up on the bridle didn't he because he did going on in front obviously brooks couldn't all the put it wasn't really working you had the young boy Thigala. it mm. was i mean i feel for him i really do i think we'll talk about him in a little bit i guess but i really feel that he didn't even make the playoff um mm. obviously Cantlay is one of the most infuriating players when you've not backed him to have mm. against your golfer because he's just utterly brutally consistent mm. um, I was actually very surprised he missed the putt um, at the end but yeah Scotty on the bridle and I think I'll be honest when it went into the playoff I was not confident in the slightest having missed that shorty to win it I just think against Cantley it's going to be too much for him um, but even as it played out he put himself in a couple of relatively tricky spots and played some really nice shots um, just to keep the playoff going and then obviously you can haul a 25 footer it's gonna be it's gonna be good in most playoffs, isn't it? Especially if you go in first and leave the other fella having to haul a, a mid range put to tie it. Yeah, and Cantley had his chances to win a, a couple of times. Uh, obviously, on the 18th hole before the playoff, I was absolutely stunned he missed that putt uh, uh, on the 18th, and then coming up the uh, the play, uh, you know the couple of times up the playoff. Uh, well, how many times did they play the playoff? 18th hole, three was it three times? Third, yeah, third time I think. Third times, um, yeah. And he, and and Cantley had his chances, and I yeah I was I was I was like you. I thought. Well, Sheffler, he rattled off a whole lot of birdies on that back nine to get within the shout, uh, and and I thought, oh yeah, he, he could he could be in, but I still thought Cantlay um, was going to do it. That Cantlay is just so glacial to watch um, when he you know when he shuffles his feet and just um, when he's putting. Oh God, he's slow and he's a bit painful to watch. But by God, is he consistent? So um, yeah, I, I kind of thought Sheffler was um, going to be uh, put at the post again. But I was absolutely chuffed to see him win. Not only for you, you know, my partner in crime on this podcast and go two for two, but and so well called and congratulations. That was a very very good call. But second of all. It's lovely to see Scotty Scheffler win because he deserves it. He's a very, very good player, and and I'm, is he? Did I read he's forty years old or something like that? No, I don't think he is. I, th- I think that's kind of a Twitter joke. Oh, okay. Um, I was going to say. I, 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 I just only... saw, I just glanced past it and I thought, no, that can't be right. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's. Uh, I think he's about twenty-five. He's not so much <laughs> older than uh, yeah, the boy Sahith. 
who was only a couple of years um, younger well, than him. But well, he looks well. But t- PGA Tour life on the PGA Tour is tough because he looks older than that Sahith so Thagala. Th- 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 that's for sure. <laughs> He certainly yeah. does look middle-aged, Scotty, doesn't he? But I think it's lovely for him because he's been playing such good golf for such a long time. There yeah. can't have been many maiden tour winners who have already played on a winning Ryder Cup team for the US. But also, his very first win took him into the top 10 in the world. That yeah. just speaks to the the brutal consistency that he's had. And he's just an elite golfer because he's already playing an elite schedule. He's not playing those swing season events so He's, no. he's competing against the best and to win against a really solid field in Phoenix, um, I think is testament to his ability at still a relatively young age. So, yeah, I think it's tough. It's, well from it. it's, it's tough to win on this on this PGA Tour, isn't it, mate? It's, it, really I mean, is. it really, really is tough. Um, it, to, to, you've got to, to come out on top on Sunday is, um, it, you know, you've really got to have a bit of break. You've got to have a few breaks. You've got to be playing well across all facets of your game. You've got to hold off other guys who are playing well. <clears throat> and let's, um, let's just go past a, a couple of players on that, um, it, talking about needing to play well. Um, so, Scotty Scheffler won the Phoenix Open, uh, 19, uh, sorry, 16 under par, 4 under for the final day. Um, it beats Patrick Cantley uh, in the playoff. He finished 16 under as well. Uh, Xander Schauffele, oh my God. The, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't punting this guy this week. He would have absolutely driven me to drink. Um, you know, another Phoenix Open where really he had it in his grasp a couple of times. And his putting, I thought, was abysmal at times. He's so cautious, so timid. Like, guy, mate, you... You have got the chance to win this thing, and you're leaving it three or four feet short. Why? What? Why? What? Why are you scared to? Uh, you know, it just doesn't. I, I, I'm really surprised at Xander Schauffele. I really am. Um, and then Sahith Thagala. Wow, what a what a story of the especially on the Sunday, on Saturday and the Sunday. The guy has got serious game. Uh, he he plays. Really hard on, you know, hard out. Really goes goes for it. You won't, you don't, you won't die wondering. He doesn't leave his putt short. In fact, what really impressed me most about the gala was his putting. His putting is excellent. Uh, he has a really great feel, a great touch, and um, and if it wasn't for that incredibly cruel bounce on seventeen, as you say, I think he deserved to be in the playoff. Um, I actually punted him in running. I, I don't know if you saw it on the tweets, but I, I stuck it on the on the Friday. He was. 28 to 1 with the bookies in running, and he was first. And I thought, that's crazy money. Uh, so I jumped on him each way because it was, you know, uh, the bookies, some of the bookies were still paying six places. So I got him at six places at 28 to 1, which was great. I'm very happy. Um, I, you know, I could have been even better for Fagala, obviously. Uh, you know, to get the place money was nice. It could have been even better. But apart from that, though, I was just really thrilled to see a new star in the game. Uh, I know he had a sparkling collegiate career. I, I tipped him up at Pedal Beach a couple of weeks ago because I saw he was having a good season. I thought, this guy looks good. And then I, th- I left him out because he had a poor Pedal Beach. And I left him out at Phoenix because I thought, oh, first year at Phoenix and all that that entails, he'll struggle a bit. Um, but no, not a bar of it. He was absolutely brilliant. So, um, yeah, absolutely made up for the gal. I think he played really well, really unlucky. And he'll, he'll win on PJ Tour before too long. I'm pretty sure of that. Um, yeah. Brooks Kepka, uh, an interesting um, interesting Sunday. Looked like he couldn't be asked being there half the time. Um, but really struggled and fought hard uh, and, and came you know came home in a tie for third. Uh, Horschel uh, was in a tie for sixth with Alex Noren, who played well. Justin Thomas sort of sputtered throughout the day to finish tied eighth with Hideki Matsuyama, who also sort of sputtered throughout the Saturday and Sunday. And round out the top 10, uh, John Rahm again 
close, but no cigar. Um, not quite that the races. Patton Kazai played well to finish in the tie for 10th with Matthew Pitchpatrick, who also played well in the tie for 10th. And my mate Keith Mitchell, my, one of my tips, who once again got close, but he's just not quite there. But I think now coming to Florida and the East Coast and something like the um, the Honda Classic, I think you want to watch out for Keith Mitchell because that's his kind of course. So um, that's the, a, a wrap-up of the, of the Phoenix Open. Um, anything that you took away from the Phoenix Open, Matt, that you want to just talk about? Um, there's a couple of... Um, a frustration of mine, and I know having had the winner, I can't really complain, but I was extremely close to putting up Alex Noren for other no other reason than I just felt like he was going to have a good week, and that's a weird thing. I don't usually place bets like that, but when I was doing the, the, the stats and the looks and the models, he didn't come out brilliantly, but something in me wanted to back him, and I think that's a... I didn't have anything on him, even for like he was a decent each way price, and I didn't even have a tickle. Um, but it's just weird when you have one of those hunches pre the week, decide that the stats don't back it up, so you're going to leave it alone. And then he was very much banging it on Sunday when he was flying at one point. Um, it faded a bit at the end, but there you go. But just another word for for Thigala. I think it's <clears throat> he's kind of the victim of his own inexperience in a sense, but also the victim of a brilliant mentality because that drive he hit on seventeen was almost perfect. If it had landed on a slightly different spot, he may have ended up on the green with an eagle putt. Like, it was a brave line. He set it off at the water. And the best thing about Thigala is that he's left to right every single time off the tee. He was just cranking it, thrashing at the ball on, like, the left rough and every time just fading back into the fairway. Um, mm. And I think he's got that shot where he can trust it. And... Yes, the more experienced head probably would have put it in the little delve to the right of the green and took their chances chipping and putting for a birdie. But the fact that he went for it is is just all power to him, right? He's got the right mentality to be a winner yeah. on tour. And I think there are, with experience, will come uh, an older head on his shoulders and he'll start to understand the, the hole where perhaps that's maybe discretion is the better part of Valor. Um, but at the same time, that pulls off. He's, he's won a PGA Tour event in a massive field. I just think he was really unlucky that it didn't, once it hit the ground, having going hard left to right, it then bounced right to left and, and ran into the drink. Um, but I absolutely loved watching him. Um, I've been a little bit disenchanted with golf this year. I've not watched it religiously like I normally do, but I really enjoyed the event. Um, I'm not an enormous fan of 16, but I mean, it's it's value either way, isn't it? But I really enjoyed following Thigala, um kind of all through the week. Incredibly impressed and can't wait to see some more of him. I, I did too. I really enjoyed watching Thigala as well. And I actually feel the same way as you. Uh, it's lovely to see a fresh new face, a new young guy uh, who's burst onto the scene. It, it does your heart good to see um, yeah, a young guy just, as you say, th throwing himself at the ball. Um, it, 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 it's... I. I, I don't know. I'm, I feel a little bit the same, Matt. It's nice to see the PGA Tour back, but it's it's nice to see a new face. Um, I think the same old faces. You get a little bit a little bit tired of them after a while. Tell me what you what's your take on this whole Saudi golf tour thing, Matt? What do you think about oh, it all? I've been thinking about this all week. Um, I don't even know what I think. I. I, I it's hard to not get into the politics of it, right? And the sports washing and the Saudi government and all sorts of chopping up human beings and that fun stuff. But yeah. I, I find it an impossible dilemma, right? You're never going to know. They're not writing you a check. They're not writing me a check. Mm. If someone, no matter how much money they've got, 
maybe I don't know someone with 50 mil career earnings is getting a check for a hundred million pounds put in front of them I'd ask it no one's going to know how they're going to react until that's put in front of them I don't care what you say how principled you think you are mm. um, I found it interesting um, I can't remember who retweeted it Kramer Hickok was interviewed on a podcast in the US mm. basically talking about the the structures of it and yes there are the they're the massive marquee names with Bryson and Phil and DJ reportedly going to accept stupid, stupid amounts of money. But they're then going to fill out the rosters, obviously, with lesser golfers, if you will. They'll try and get the best, but it's going to be uh, your people who will look to safeguard their entire future with that money. Um, when then, maybe if they miss a few cuts, they don't get their tour card next year. They could end up in passing in a couple of years' time, couldn't they? Um, so I think that is interesting. The proof's in the pudding, though. We're going to see who goes, right? Um, happily, apart from Big Bryson, my guy, um, I don't think I care about any of the other golfers that I've heard are going. So I, I like the PGA Tour. Um, a, completely, a completely selfish perspective, 40-man events, the same fields every week, are going to be a terrible bet in heat. So I don't like it for that. Um, I'd much prefer it to be on the PGA Tour where we can get nice prices in 150-man fields. But it's all kind of... I don't even understand how I feel, but I think I understand that no matter how many, much money you've got, that is an incredibly difficult decision to make once it's put in front of you and it can get transferred to your bank account. I don't know about you. Yeah. I feel this way. Uh, I, I'm a sucker for the PGA Tour. I, I am a bit of a romantic. I love all the, I love the courses, the history... The, the drama down the years, the kind of the, you know, the names and the personalities. I started watching golf uh, properly uh, about, what am I now? I'm 49. So I, I started watching it uh, about uh, when I was about 19 uh, in, in New Zealand. We, start, we, got, we got sort of like cable. For the first time, we sort of, 1920, we got cable t- TV and sports TV from America. And that's really when I started, you know, watching that's PGA Tour, and I've been in love with it ever since. So, I, you know, for for decades now, I, I've become kind of invested in this in this tour. For me, I I just think what, what somebody put me right on something today. Actually, I thought that these guys were just. I, I thought, why would you trade in going to play some of the courses like we've been seeing Tory Pines, Pebble Beach, uh, you know, um, TP Sawgrass. Uh, and uh, and a few others like Augusta, but I was put right that they, these people would still be able to play at Augusta, obviously, because of they were, if they were past champions or what have you, all the top mm-hmm. 50 in the world or what have you. But <clears throat> my question was, why would you go and uh, like trade in this these, these storied, beautiful courses on this amazing tour with the best players in the world to go and play in the desert, you know, uh, really, uh, it's, it's Saudi's one big sandbox. And I, I lived in the Middle East for 10 years. I, I know exactly what it's like to, in those parts of the world. And it is one big desert. And and so you can put as many palm trees and, 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 and you know, laid grass um, and, and you can water it every day and that's all fine. But it's not natural and it doesn't look natural and it doesn't feel natural and part of me and part of my love affair with golf is the beautiful beauty of the of the landscape and of the courses but what i was put right on was the one guy said to me no it's got that some of these saudi actually events are actually going to be in america and and most of them as far as i know yeah that surprised me too I didn't know that. I, I'm surprised. I was like, "Oh, wow, okay. Well, then I'll I stand corrected on that." Um, so, so there's so there's that that part of it sort of made, made me stand corrected. But still, for me, 
uh, I, I still just love the PGA Tour. I, I don't. I, I think it's in rude health. I think it's in in great health, especially when you've got young guys, um, you know, coming through. The, you know, the Hovlands, uh, Victor Hovland, Morikawa, Tagala. You know, there's always there's, and there's going to be new guys coming through all the time. As as you know, you've noted up a few. You're watching this year that I've noted up a couple. I, just there's tons of them. So I'm, I'm if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I know these guys are trying to kind of come through with a rival product and competition's good and. All all of that, and I get it as well that um, you know, if you are a certain man of a certain age, you're not going to win too many more tournaments. And someone plops telephone numbers in front of you, yeah, of course I get it. You, you're going to say, "Well, this is for my livelihood, for my kids' livelihoods, for the rest, you know, from for them, for their kids." You know, it's a generational thing. So I, I get it. Dan uh, Rappaport um, actually just interviewed uh, Rory McIlroy about an hour, an hour or so ago, and. And Rory's, I thought, I I just copied his response to the question about the Saudi tour, and I'll read it out to you. Rory said, look, I've lived it. For the top guys, all that money really isn't going to change their life. I'm in a way better fine. I'm in a a way better financial position than I was a decade ago, and my life is no different. I still use the same three or four rooms in my house. I just don't see the value in tarnishing that reputation for extra millions. Now, I guess it's easy for to Rory to say that because he, he's made his money. He's okay. It doesn't matter what he, he doesn't. He, if he didn't win for the rest of his life, he's still okay. So, I, I, you know, I, I get it um, uh, for the for the for the sort of like the the um, the also rans um, would, would would take that money. I think he's probably directing that at some of the top sort of guys like the Deschambeaus and everything, saying you know you, you're you're about to sort of tarnish your reputation for 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 millions. Um, and it does have a slightly. I don't like that. That I'm a bit of a socialist at heart, so I don't like that kind of throw money at people and make them come sort of thing. I I just find that really distasteful. So on a personal level, for me, I don't personally like it. But I, um, but I think you raise a very good point, Matt. If 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 someone turned to me and went, "All right, Craig, then um, here's." A hundred million, fifty million dollars, or whatever, uh, come and you know and, and do this. And uh, yeah, I, I'm not sure I'd be so principled because you've got to look after yourself and your family, don't you? So I don't know, Matt. So it's, it's a tricky one, isn't it? No. Yeah, it is. I think it's funny that there there tends to be there's a <laughs> a certain type of golfer are the rumored ones to go. Um, obviously, there was the the thing with the Charlie Hoffman. Yeah, he um, got quite a severe backlash on that from a lot of American. Quite right, people, right, quite people. right. Um, yeah. The yeah. one that surprises me, I know people may disagree, right? But Bryson does surprise me um, as someone who has allegedly told other players on the tour he's not going to play on the PGA Tour again um, as early as Sony this year because he's kind of like I've, I've read so many articles about him, but he's like he's a student of the game, right? The golfing machine, all that stuff. Um, the pursuit of the perfect swing. Um, he's a historian. He talks about like Ben Hogan and all the greats of the past. Now he wants to win at these amazing venues. Um, I remember when he did his winner's speech at Colonial, he was mentioning it. But it doesn't um, tally up, does it? All of that want to win at the, the great venues and mm. following the footsteps of these icons of golf. Um, you know, he's done that already, right? He's won at Arnie's place. He's won at Colonial. Like, But now he wants to go and chase the money for the I mean for a a foreign government it just doesn't sit right and I mean he's very much an individual I don't imagine Bryson very care very much cares what I think or anyone else for that matter but it just it surprised me Phil I understand uh Paul uh, you kind of under I don't know it that was the one that surprised me but 
let them make their choice. Maybe in God knows how many years we'll have competing elite golf tours. That would be maybe a nice thing if it wasn't sponsored with blood money. Yeah. All right. Let's um let's leave that there. Uh, let's leave them to their um their, their first world problems, and uh, let's let's talk about uh, this coming week. So uh, we go from one. Uh, just to finish on the Phoenix Open, Matt, that's become a really that's become one of my favourite tournaments. I really enjoy that tournament, especially the first um the final four holes. Um, I, I, that that tournament for me has really climbed in my rating of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. I think it it knows what it is. I think that's yeah. something maybe that so many events don't know on the PGA Tour because they're just happy to have an event, whereas yeah. they have have evolved, haven't they, through the years and actually created a brand almost. Yes, they have. That you, you, to go to. Yeah, you've you've hit it on the head exactly. They they know what they are. They make no apologies for it, and they're happy to be it. And and they've created a really strong brand around around the sort of you know golf's biggest frat party as I call it. So yeah, you know, and it's great. And I love the Harry Higgs stripping his shirt off and 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 Joel Damon running around with the shirt off. Oh, great, that's fun. Good for them. Enjoy enjoy it. You know, and 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 okay, um, the, the bottles and cans running down wasn't the greatest, but then again, hey, look, you don't get two hole in ones uh, every day of the week. So I I just think it's great. I think it's good. It's it's a good. It's a different gear for golf for one week, so you know I think it's great. All right, so let, let's go for the Genesis Invitational this week. We go to another um, a, a, a very sort of storied kind of course, um, a, a, an old tournament uh, in in downtown Beverly Hills, uh, and a, a really wonderful tournament as well with some some with a easily the strongest field of the year this year. Gee, there's some there's some big hitters in this one. Uh, so the Genesis Invitation, let's look at the course itself. It's 7,322 yards. It's a par 71 with four par threes, uh, 11 par fours, and three par fives. It has power greens, uh, and uh, the architect is George, George Thomas with renovations from Bren Crenshaw, Bill Corr, and Tom Fazio. Um, this is a, a, a tough course. This is a real, real challenge. Uh, it, it's... Um, it's a it's an interesting course in that um, you've got some 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 really notable winners in the past. You've got Max Homer won this as we know last year. I think we started we weren't long in doing this podcast, and this was one of our first tournaments, I think, Matt. And we were, um, you know, we uh, Max Homer won this in a, in a playoff from Tony Finau and a bit of a nail biter uh, with Sam Burns, um, who looked like he was going to win it for about three days, kind of falling into third. So um, yeah, Max Homer won it last year with Tony Finau and, and Sam Burns. Uh, and in 2020, it was won by Adam Scott with Scott Brown and Sun Kang, Matt Kuchar all tied for second, and Joel Damon in fifth, and a certain Bryson DeChambeau in fifth, and Max Homer as well. Uh, and um, just look back on 2019, JB Holmes um, won this from um, Justin Thomas, Siwoo Kim, Mark Leishman, and Roy McElroy. So um, it's a it's a it's a really interesting tournament. So it's a great tournament to look at. Um, there's some wonderful, uh, wonderful holes on this uh, on this course. And uh, Matt, what are your impressions of, of this tournament? And um, I'm going to open it up for you to um, show us the the way to um, to winners this week. You're on a hat trick. Um, who do you like as well here? Let's hope so. Um, yeah, I mean, if last week was a party, this one's a purist, isn't it? It's a yeah. it's a proper test of golf, which is. It's nice. It brings the elite fields out for a reason. Obviously, it's Tiger's event, um, so I mean, it's about as good as the good as the field's going to get before the players and the majors. Um, I always like this event just because 
we really get to see players battling against the golf course. Um, I genuinely hope it's as firm and fast as it was last week in Phoenix. I'm not 100% sure it will be because I know there's been a bit of rainfall. Uh, mm. But I can't wait, to be honest. Um, it was interesting just going through the form and the course form here. Like the the cream really does rise to the top at Riviera. Um, there's so many players at the top of the board with really solid course form claims, which hopefully means we get a cracking leaderboard come Sunday. Um, and the way that, I mean, the way I think it's going to go, I think hopefully we'll see some older heads up there with some some up and comers and have that clash um, on Sunday, which I'd really enjoy seeing um, to see how it works out. Um, it's it's a hard one to handicap a little bit because there's not like a standout stat metric that I'm going for. Um, it, you're obviously going to need a great tee to green game here, um, and you're going to need to put well. I think the the last the, the, there's it's decent to good putting, but these these greens aren't your your usual greens. I think California greens are always a little bit different. Um, but there are some players, people like Bubba, um, who just get these greens. They lag put really well. Um, they're not going to three put too badly, um, which is going to be necessary here. And then obviously, if you miss greens, it, it's going to be tricky to get up and down. Some of the rough round here is particularly gnarly. Um, but I find that hard because it's quite a unique course. Sometimes the the season long stats, and even if you you bring it down to 24 rounds or 48 rounds, it doesn't quite encapsulate how they're going to play at this course because it's not your typical test of around the green. You're not, not going to be chipping from a half an inch to an inch of rough. It should be it should be trickier to get out of. Um, I'm sure we won't get bored of hearing the word Kikuyu this week on the <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, obviously, that brings a, a bit of a unique challenge. So I've kind of gone with reasonable course form claims um, combined with just a player who I am determined is going to win soon um, and mixed it up a little bit with some solid tee green numbers, some, some trending approach numbers, as always. Um, first one off the rank, and I, I do apologise before I put this up because I don't normally touch anything less than 20 to 1, but Dustin Johnson is my favourite bet of this week by a distance. Um this course form is, you just can't contest it. Um, I think in his last nine starts, he's never finished worse than 16th. Eight of those nine finishes were top 10s, and he's got five top fives in his last seven visits, um, including a win um, when he absolutely dominated. I think it was 2017. He's also lost in a playoff when uh, James Hahn, who couldn't hit a ball to save himself last week, uh, beat him in a playoff, if I remember rightly. Mm. Um, he puts these greens incredibly well. Um, and obviously DJ's had a lot of time off, but I thought to reappear at Torrey, where historically he doesn't play well, he played really well at Torrey. Um, and if you, you look at those events and the ball striking numbers, he's number one in Tita Green in those in that really, really short sample. And I just think there's something about DJ. He said himself, and you, you know DJ in his presses, he never says that much, um, but he tells that he's confident here. And I just think we might be about to see a DJ renaissance and where better to start than somewhere that he absolutely loves. Um, he's got a nice left to right um, shape off the tee, should serve him well. Yes, he's shorter than I'd like, but I think for me, he's <coughs> by far the most likely winner. Um, and I don't understand why he's not second favourite um, to John Ram. So I'm backing him based on value. Number two. I've had a bit of luck lately. I've had two winners in a row. Why not try and turn into the Rory Whisperer? Um, <laughs> maybe uh, it's not been working the last couple of times I've put Rory up, but I mean, he's won at Quail Hollow, which has lots of comparison to this course. And actually his stats are really, really good. 
Um, I was impressed with it by a couple of uh, a couple of brain farts, if you will, in uh, the D- Desert Classic in Dubai, um, where Hovland beat Blandy in a playoff. Um, he's twenty-two to one. <sighs> Normally, I would never be picking Rory above a Morikawa or a Hovland at the same price. But I think he makes out incredibly well for this course. He's got a fifth and a fourth here in his last three starts. And his numbers are ridiculous for ball striking, tee to green, approach play, and even putting lately. He's playing really good golf. And I think he's going to go really well here. So I'm going to attempt to go for Patrick in style and getting Rory McElroy to win a PGA tournament. Um, and that's all there is to it with Rory. Um, next one is going to be very much a course form claim. Um, I'm disappointed he played reasonably well lately and kind of knocked a bit off his uh, price. It's Bubba Watson. 40 to 1 for me at this place, which, I mean, everyone knows about Bubba and Riviera, right? Like, mm. he, he's just, he knows how to play this course. He he mm. plays really well here. He puts mm. especially well here. Um, and if we boil it down again, his tee to green numbers have been great for the last six months, especially approach play. But if you go down even more recently in the last... I think it's the last 30 days or something, I boiled it down. He's number 40 to green, number two approach player. Um, and combined, the fact he just knows how to win here, 40 to one's more than value for me. So he's the third one. Um, the fourth is someone I almost didn't put up because the price had pretty much vanished by the time I got round to doing my tips on um, yesterday. It's Will Zalatoris. Um, he's off the back of a withdrawal from COVID um, at Pebble Beach. Obviously, he didn't add the waste management to his uh, schedule, which I was disappointed with. It is a bit of a risk. You don't know how many symptoms he's had, if he's able to practice. Um, it is a bit of an unknown. But he's just putting up number after number. And I find it quite interesting. I don't know if you follow um, Lou Stanger and uh, Scott Fawcett on Twitter. Um, they talk a lot about decade golf and kind of picking conservative but but reasonable targets in order to give yourself the best chance of making a score while taking out as much danger as you possibly can. And I think that's exactly what you're going to need to do around here. Um, you're going to need to hit as many greens as possible. And if you can, play play cleverly. You think of, uh, is it 10 where it's very drivable and there's, there's lots of chance to make a score, but also an enormous chance to blow up on that hole. So I think he will, he'll play the course the right way. He'll give himself enough chances. Um, and if you think his last round at Torrey, he was just relentlessly hitting fairways and greens and fairways and greens and never really having to scramble. And I think that's when you'll get in bother at Riviera. If you don't hit fairways and greens, you can't get up and down every time. It's just not going to happen. So Will Zalatoris is my um, fourth one off the rank. He played on debut here, came 15th. I think that's more than reasonable. Um, and you don't need me to tell you yet again about his tee to green and approach numbers. Um, you've heard me say that many times and they're just not going away. Um, he is one of the elite ball strikers in a very elite field. So I quite like it. And I like the way he put it at Torrey as well, despite those uh, knee knockers from short range. From mm. range, he actually lag putted absolutely well enough for me. Um, so Will Zalatoris, I'm unapologetic. I've took 33 to 1. Um, or 30 to 1, but with five places, I think, um, because most of the value had gone in the place market with eight places available. Um, and the last one, I wanted to put up Wacky Neiman, but I didn't because his price had gone past where I was willing to back him. Um, and I'm just going to keep it nice and simple. It's Jason Corkrack. I think he does not belong where he is on the leaderboard. Um, sorry, on the, the odds board. There's names above him that do not deserve to be above him. If we think about Jason Corkrack, he's mm. long, he's straight, he's a good putter, and he's a multiple winner on the PGA Tour really recently. And they're putting him in an area with players who 
either are a bit short to succeed here. Um, they've never really played in this company or succeeded in this company, um, or it's their debut. They've not played well at all this season. Um, I just don't understand why he's 66 to 1. Given mm. form, his wins on tour, and actually, I'm not scared of Jason Korkrak facing down some of these elites if he's there on Sunday. He's not going to shy away from it. Um, I know he had a bit of a blow up here a few years ago in the past, didn't he, where he was leading um, back nine on Sunday and kind of faded. But he's a much better player and he's got the wins to prove it since then. So, Jason Korkrak, my last one of this week at 66s. Yeah, Jason Korkrak was someone I looked long and hard at as well, Matt. I. I, 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 yeah, I, I eventually he was he was actually my last one off, um, but I've included him in one of my fantasy teams because I, I agree with you. I think he's got the game for it, and I think he's yeah. There are there are golfers above him on that odds board that are that are not as good as Jason Kokrak. So uh, I think you're right about him. He's, he's very good value. <coughs> Excuse me. Right, my picks this week. Um, anyway, I I, I think. Um, I'm I'm going as well a bit like you. I'm going for a little bit of course form, and I'm going for my ever present value. I'm, I always look for for value. So uh, I'm going. So my my first bet is Sahith Sagala at currently at ninety to one with Star Sports. Um, so as I said, I tipped up the gala at Pebble Beach, and and because uh, he started the year quite well, I was impressed. I, his name had popped up a few times. I've been hearing about this amazing sort of collegiate career he'd had, uh, and I thought um, that you know, okay, well let's watch this kid, and uh, and he and then he you know, had, a, had a bit of a shocker at Pebble Beach. So I left him out at Phoenix um, because I, I just thought he might struggle with that whole kind of whole setup the first time ever there, but he didn't, uh, and I just. I'm a big believer, as you know, in in in, in being in, in the zone and in form. And I just think he um, he's you know, he drove straight to. It was a picture of him at Riviera on Monday morning uh, at the pro am. He drove straight to Riviera from uh, from Arizona, uh, straight to Los Angeles from Arizona, and uh, and went straight back to work. And 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 I just think he's in a groove. I, as you said, his 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 swing is kind of it's kind of there's it's a rhythm about it. It's it's quite there's a lot of there's a lot of parts moving in it, but I think if you're if you're in the zone and you're feeling it, which he seems to be, then uh, I think why not? Um, it, what I was really impressed with the gala about as well with his irons, man, he stuck a lot of balls close at, at Phoenix over the weekend uh, and uh, well, all week actually, uh, and I'm I was really impressed with his ball striking, uh, and I um, I just think. Uh, why not? Um, at, at, at ninety to one, I think some some places as well. You can you got them over a hundred to one. Why not? Um, uh, I, I just think um, if it wasn't for a cruel bounce, he was probably in that tournament, or he could have even won it last week. So I'm going. Um, I'm going for the gala. My second bet uh, this week is Sam Burns. He's currently I got him at thirty five to one with Star Sports. Um, he came close to winning this last year, as we know, um, before he kind of fell apart fairly spectacularly on the Sunday. Uh, but I think it's fair to say we all know Sam Burns is an entirely different prospect these days uh, to what he was a year ago. He's um, he's notched multiple wins. He sits inside the top fifty. He's um, he's 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 a, a completely different beast now. Uh, he's got a fantastic um, putting game, and I just think that this course suits him. It suited him last year. It's not going to be any different. And uh, but he's a much, as I say, a much more developed golfer. And so if he brings his A game, uh, I think he'll. Uh, 
he'll be in a situation where if he, you know, if he's here uh, there and thereabouts in the weekend, he's not going to fall apart like he did last year. So I think uh, at 35 to 1, Sam Burns feels like a, a nice bit of value for me uh, here. And of course, he, he clearly likes. My third bet is Thomas Peters. I got him at 60 to 1 with Star Sports Bet. Uh, Thomas Peters, uh, you know how I love a European, Matt. Um, and, um, uh, so uh, I, uh, he won uh, uh, the. Uh, he's, he's actually enjoyed a really strong 2022. He won the HSBC uh, Abu Dhabi Championship last month, and he beat a pretty star-studded field at um, at Abu Dhabi. And uh, and he, I watched him in that, and he only he, he won them. Uh, sorry, he won them. He beat them quite, uh, fairly handily. Uh, and uh, I, I, yeah, he. he he does leave you with your heart in your mouth a little bit at times, Peters, but uh, but he did he did win well, and I I think Peters is a a, a very very good player, uh, and if he's in this if he's carrying that kind of form, I thought sixty to one was was really you know pretty decent con- considering that he's a big long hitter, he hits it very long way, he's uh, and if he's in the kind of form that I feel he might still be in from Abu Dhabi. I think he did well as well in Saudi and uh, I, I think um, he could come over here and, and surprise a few people at a, at a, at a good price. So I've, I've, I've just thrown in my, my, my token European. And then uh, Sebastian Munoz, uh, he's current, I've got him at 150 to 1 with Star Sports. He had a pretty wretched start to do it. Not wretched, very quiet. He'd done very little this year uh, and then he rocked up at Phoenix and, um, and, and actually had a really good uh, uh, Phoenix Open. He uh, he he finished tied twenty third at Phoenix, um, and no one you, you wanted him last week. And uh, and I actually think he did. He played really really well. I think he's better. He's a much better golfer than one hundred and fifty to one. Uh, he's had a relatively quiet start to twenty twenty two, as they say, but. He uh, he finished inside the top 50 here last year. He had a good week last week at Phoenix. He could be just, I think he's a golfer that is better odds than that. It's a bit like the co-crack thing. There are golfers ahead of Monios that are, are, are not as good as him. And uh, and I think he had a strong, he had a strong 2021. I think that he's a, a golfer that consistently gets under valued this guy and uh, and I think he could I'm not saying he could win but I say he could run a he could run run a place at 150 to 1 I think I'm going to pay to find out as you'd say mm-hmm. so um those are my uh, those are my four uh, this week uh, Thagala, Burns uh, Thomas Peters and Munoz so um yeah that's that Matt yeah it certainly is let's hope we uh, we have a hat trick I don't think I've ever had three outrights in a row before so it no, was first for me um, but yeah, very much looking forward to the tournament. It's the start of real golf season, isn't it? We can start getting excited for the Masters and not too long. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I think I think last week was the start of real golf season at Phoenix. I think this, as I say, builds up nicely. We've got the Players Championship coming up. Um, we've got the Florida Swing as well. Uh, I think uh, you know, I think we've got the is it the um, Honda Classic coming up. We've got some yeah, some great tournaments and some really testing tournaments, all building towards the Masters. Uh, so yeah, uh, well, Matt, yeah, God bless you. All, all power to you. Uh, two on the spin. Uh, let's see if you can go for three. And um, thanks everyone for listening. Good luck with your with your with your golfing bets. And we'll talk again next week. Yeah, take care, mate. Good luck for the week. Cheers, mate. You too. Bye bye. Yeah.